somebody you're going to be disappointed this morning but if you come to see him you will be blessed today we have a few written requests we want to continue to remember sister ashley uh, franklin this morning the lord will continue to touch her also um, we want to remember uh, sister debbie in our prayers this morning she just seems to be under attack but we know greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world uh, Sister Vicki Tidwell, we want to continue to remember her in our prayers this morning. And I, I can't remember this brother's name, but you'll... Altec. It was the, that was in the car accident that we spoke about last night. How many enjoyed that, by the way, the fellowship? We had just a wonderful time. And also, it's good to see Sister Kelly back this morning. God bless you, sis. Tell Brother Vance we miss him today. And Sister Shirley, is that your granddaughter? friend of the grandson. Good to have you this morning. Amen. Amen. Uh, also from Brother Claude this morning, so I want to give thanks to the Lord Jesus Christ for uh, curing me of the flu that I had. And let his name be praised. Yes, God bless Lord, everyone man. that prayed for me this morning. Aren't you thankful for testimonies this morning? You know, God is still answering prayer. It, uh, some people may not believe it, but I, I'm a witness of it. God still answers prayer. Amen. So if you have something on your heart this morning, just make it known by an uplifted hand. God sees what our needs are today. Brother Jonathan, come if you're ready. Maybe you can pray, my brother. 
you happy to be in church this morning. Yes. The man you enjoy last night. Yes. Amen. Just feel the fellowship with one another. And you know, there's coming a day we won't have to go home. Right. We can just keep fellowshipping yes, right. for eternity. Yes. Around his word, around his name. Just love one another. Just glad to be with you any moments that we get. So let's enjoy the service this morning. Did you come expecting this morning? You'll get what you expect this morning. If you come expecting trouble, it'll find you. Amen. When you look in the mirror. So come on. But if you come expecting Christ, he's here to touch every need that we have. Let's bond together. Heavenly Father, Lord, we truly love you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we appreciate your goodness, Lord. We appreciate your, Lord, the faith that you've given us to believe upon thy name, Lord. And Lord, through your name, Lord, all things are possible. And Lord, though we may have many sicknesses, Lord, many, Lord, questions on our minds, Lord, we loved ones, Lord, that are in accidents, Lord, that, Lord, the doctors don't know what to do, but Lord, we turn to you, Lord. Lord, when all else fails, Lord, we turn to you. This morning we're taking these petitions, we're taking these requests, Lord, and we're laying them at your feet, Lord. And Lord, we've done all that we can do, Lord. We've tried to say what's right, and we've tried to believe for them and hold them up in prayer. But Lord, now we turn to you, Lord, and we say, Lord, here's the condition, Lord. Lord, here we are this morning worshiping a living God, Lord, that all things are possible through your name, Lord Jesus. Lord, each need, Lord, that was raised up, Lord, each heart that, Lord, something upon their heart, Lord, and they raised their hands to you. You see every need, Lord. We ask you, Lord, to move in a special anointing way this morning, Lord. Touch every need, Lord. Send the Holy Spirit to every condition, Lord. Raise it up to be a witness to a dying world, Lord, that you're still on the throne. Lord, be with us this morning. Touch Brother Mark, the musicians, Lord. Lord, anoint them in a special way. Lord, to stir our hearts, Lord, stir our minds, Lord. Prepare us to hear your word, Lord. Touch our pastor this morning, Lord. Lord, anoint him, Lord. Give his body rest this morning. Lord, as he partook and he, and he stayed with us late into the night last night with the church of God. Lord, would you restore to him this morning, Lord. And Lord, vindicate your word through him, Lord. And let us hear from that throne. Lord, we love you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We give you the thanks. We give you the honor. In the lovely name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. amen. And amen. If you be seated just for a second, we'll do a quick little Sunday school report this morning. As the online will excuse us for a moment. And we just want to take this moment, this
worship him this morning. He come ready to be worshiped. He just needs us to worship him. Amen. God bless you. Do you love the Lord this morning? Has he been good to you? He's been so good to me. I'd like to say something to you this morning. You know, we uh, attend church the majority of our lives. But there's that, that, that one service, just that one service that alters life. It changes you forever. And why anybody would want to take a chance on missing just that, that one service that was for you and not be there to get what God has for you. I, will, I don't want to miss my portion. I know that this morning. I, I want the Lord so every chance you get, even so much the more as you see the day approaching, let's come together. Let's worship the Lord. Let's get what he has for us. He, he's got an abundance for us. You know why we don't get it? Because we don't ask for it. Ask and you shall receive. And then after you ask, believe that you're going to receive it. And it shall come to pass this morning. Praise the Lord. Let's sing this. I lost my page. I'm trying to find it this morning. I think it's in kid A. No, it's in G. I'm sorry. No, it is in A. Oh, what a wonderful change in my life has
your heart and I'm happy so happy since Jesus came into my heart some people feel like it's a chain to them to be, to be a Christian they think it's, it's it's torture to them but I'm so happy I can't imagine life any other way what is what's what happiness is there outside of the Lord Jesus this morning there is none there's joy unspeakable let's sing that I have found his grace is all complete and he supplied my every need and while I sit going to take a stronger wind than this to keep me from my promise. Let's sing that this morning. Strong wind. 
winds are blowing with an unrelenting force. People running to and fro, they don't know what's going on. Men's hearts are failing, and men's hearts are failing because of turmoil in the land. And church doors are closing. Cause preachers just can't take a stand But it's gonna take a stronger way than this To keep me from my promises It's gonna take a stronger way than this Oh, to turn me around To turn me around It's gonna take a stronger way than this Because my peace For the true and living God There's a famine in the land And the word seems null and void They have eyes but cannot see They have ears but cannot hear If they only knew scriptures They'd know Jesus Christ is here but it's gonna take stronger wind than this to keep me from my promises. It's gonna take a stronger wind than this to turn me around. It's gonna take a stronger wind than this to keep. But they're truly serving other gods. They call on him day and night, but they don't produce a lot. Anointed ones at the end time, rejecting the only Christ. Take stronger winds than what's out in this world this morning. Let's sing this song. Thank you, Lord. 
on in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, oh, we have the victory, oh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, all the There's no other name above that name. No other. No other. No big eyes, no little U's, but there's only the Lord Jesus this morning. We'll let you have your seats. We'll have our brothers come and receive the morning offering you just give to the Lord. We're going to have adult choir practice this evening about 5.30, so we want to keep that in mind this morning. Let's sing this. One more song here. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus this morning with a grateful heart because 
what he's what he's done for us this morning. We're going to have Sister Carrie to come this morning. She's going to sing a song for us today. Amen. We got some beautiful choir songs coming. I was already about three of them just in the holder this morning, but they're coming.
can't stand in the way of the bride this morning. Nothing can stand before her. We could just get serious in our walk with the Lord. Lord, I want to serve you all in my heart. I'm tired of just playing around. Let's come to church because it's Sunday or But I want to serve you. I want to do everything that I can for the kingdom of God. I'm getting older. I'm running out of time. I want to do what I can for the Lord this morning. He's done so much for me. I could spend the rest of my life worshiping him, doing what I can, and it still wouldn't be enough for what he's done for me. It's so good to me, and I'm so thankful this morning. Let's stand together. being a pastor, especially in this hour, when there's so many people running to and fro trying to find happiness. Happiness is in him this morning. Used to be when I was young, I remember all the all the young men, all the little boys would want to be a preacher so bad. They'd jump up on the rocks and preach to their sister, whoever they could preach to. You don't see that anymore. Fade away. Nobody wants to be a preacher because they, they see what they have to go through this day. And they're, they're responsible for so many souls this morning. And I'm just thankful that we have a pastor this morning that is led by the Spirit of God. Aren't you thankful for that this morning? Amen. Let's just sing this as it comes. Oh, you are my strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I see. You are my all in all. Seeking you as a precious jewel, Lord, to give up.
power in the name of Jesus. There is no other name given amongst men whereby ye must be saved. It is in the name and power. When that name is spoken, hallelujah. A baby that was dead in its mother's womb came back to life. At the name of Jesus, young John, hallelujah, being in his mother's womb hadn't moved. Praise God. Oh, but when the name of Jesus was spoken, it brought a dead child back to life and filled him with the Holy Ghost. The Bible said from its mother's womb, there was power in that name. You need to learn how to activate that name. Forget about every other name. Just speak the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Sister Carrie. Amen. That name is powerful this morning. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. There is just something about that name. Let's just sing it together. Jesus, Jesus. There's just something about that name. Isn't there something about it? When you speak that name, hallelujah. Oh, it takes away fear. Oh, it brings peace. It gives you assurance. It gives you victory when you speak that name of Jesus this morning. As the brethren will come, this is the tithe of the first fruits you give to the Lord. And God will bless you for, do, for doing so this morning. As we sing that together, Jesus, Jesus, let's worship you. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, in the time of trials and hardships, something about that name that just brings peace around you. Wonderful, wonderful Savior is Jesus, our Lord. The old songwriter said, he hideth my soul in the cleft of the rock and covers me there with his hand. God bless you. Good to have you in the house of the Lord. Certainly appreciate our musicians. And I just want to thank the Lord for such a fine communion service here on this past Wednesday evening. 
Always a sacred time here at Tabernacle to uh, observe communion and foot washing and just the sweet presence of the Lord. Just thank God for that wonderful service we had. Also, uh, last evening, we enjoyed the Fall Harvest Festival and just had a wonderful time. Each one just enjoying themselves. And we got a couple of pictures up there. People are just having a good time. <laughs> Amen. Riding horses and all sorts of things. Amen. Playing cowboy. I mean, you know, eating so much until their belly bust. I mean, it just had a good time in the Lord. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. God is good. I'm not calling any names. Amen. But the Lord is certainly gracious, isn't he? Amen. Imagine what heaven will be like. When we all get to the other side, amen, and we just put aside all the formalities. You know, right now we have boundaries. Everybody say boundaries. There, there'll be no boundaries. Amen. We'll just all be in Christ, having a good time in the Lord, and praise the Lord, enjoying each other's blessings in the presence of the Lord God. So happy this morning to be in the presence of the Lord with you and to worship the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to say a special thank you to all of our sisters who worked so hard and diligently to try to get things together and the food. And my, what a feast it was yesterday. I just enjoyed that so well. And uh, the bonfires and the hay rides and everything, just so good. You wonder if you're going to have that kind of stuff in heaven, but I tell you what, I hope we have good food. I know we will. Amen. Jesus has a table spread where the saints of God are fed. He invites his chosen people to come and dine. It will be all the steak you can eat for the vegetarians, all the vegetables that you can eat. I mean, if you don't want to eat meat in heaven, that's fine. And if you, you know, you just eat until you just have a good... That's all we'll be doing, you know, is eating and fellowshipping. Imagine that. You don't have to worry about gaining calories, going to the gym, working out. You'll be in a perfect body. Praise the Lord. God bless you so much. We appreciate you this morning and... Uh, I just want to talk to you this morning, if you would go with me this morning in the, into your Bibles in the book of uh, Isaiah chapter 40, verses 11, and just speak to you just for a moment and a couple of thoughts, and I, I think they said last night that this November is Pastor Appreciation Month, and um, I'm going to give you a quiz this morning, amen, if you love me, you're going you're gonna, to... Um, kind of put the scope on me a little bit, but Lord willing. So Isaiah chapter 40, verses 11. I'm just looking at a couple of passage here. Of course, he's speaking about the coming Messiah here, but also to what the messengers are to the church is also what the ministries are to the body of Christ. And he shall feed his flock like a shepherd, and he shall gather the lambs with his arm, and carry them in his bosom, and shall gently lead those that are with young. You know, a pastor's job is diverse, and maybe the way a congregation sees uh, things is not always the way that he sees things, because he's a watchman on the wall, and he's looking sometimes beyond just the surface of things. This is why it's so important for a pastor to be led by the Holy Spirit. How he leads the church is very important. What he has behind the pulpit is very important. Whom he chooses for positions 
are very important. You might have a brighter idea than he does, but you see there's things that he knows that you don't know. He's got to be able to see people's fault, but yet love that person and go beyond that fault or whatever they're struggling with in their lives. And what an audience may see is totally different than what a pastor is seeing. And some of you, you may think, my, this brother is going to be a good preacher or make a good preacher. Or this brother over is going to make a good deacon or this person is going to make a, a good this or a good that. And you're looking at things from the outside appearance of things. But you see, a pastor looks deeper into situations and he knows by the gift of God in his life, he can test that ability within a person and knows the diversity of, uh, of gifts that are there within the body and how to place those gifts. You see, his job is not that easy. But God leads him. If he's a true pastor, he knows how to lead his congregation. He knows how to take the sheep into his bosom and how to gently lead his congregation and those that are with a young. Young children, young children, young family. Very young families. He is very careful with that. Jeremiah chapter. I say Jeremiah chapter 3 verses 15. Lord said I will give you pastors. According to mine heart. Now this is not the desire. Of any individuals. This is the desire of God. God chooses his pastors. Man does not choose that. God chooses that. I will give you pastors according to mine heart. God is the one that makes that choice. Which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. He is to not be a novice. He is to be a man that is seasoned, has the wisdom of God, the wisdom, the understanding, and the knowledge, and most of all, the mind of God. Hallelujah. It is so easy to be easily uh, influenced by people or by a congregation. But yet a pastor has to be so with the congregation, yet so not with the congregation unless he knows, until he knows the very mind of God. It's a very tough, tough thing to do to differentiate between the sheep and the voice of God and knows how to administrate in the body of Christ. You believe that? Let's take one more scripture in Acts 20 and 28. You know, I've studied this old Bible so much until uh, I can't use a Bible with tab. I only know yay much and it's exodus. And yay over, it's, you know, I, I know the scriptures like that. I can find, I can take the Bible and usually tell you exactly where the books are because that's the way I learn it. But we've got it easy today, you know. we got it all at our tabs and you can find it really quick. Sometimes I'll go blank and I have to go back to the front because I'm human. But the Bible is a beautiful book, isn't it? 
the book of Acts, chapter 20, verses 28. Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost had made you overseers to feed the church of God. What is the pastor's foremost responsibility? To feed the flock of God, which he had purchased with his own blood. What a scripture this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. To feed the flock of God, which, it, which Christ had already purchased with his own blood. It is, it is his sole duty to make sure that the family is kept uh, with a balanced diet. We hear so much about diets and nutritions in this day. I believe many churches are lacking many, many of these uh, vital uh, nutrients that needs to be put into the church. But it's the pastor's job to make sure that you have a balanced uh, diet. I'm almost positive this morning what I have to preach on is not probably what you wanted to hear. But it's what God wants the congregation to hear. When we go to the table of our family and our spouse prepare a meal, it's not always what we feel like we want to eat. But you see, my wife, she is, she's just one of those, you know, it has to be certain type of vegetables, has to be certain colors. There's got to be a meat and three, and the young generation don't know anything about that. And the church says, it's all casseroles. And that's fine. I love casseroles. I enjoy all of that. But you see, we came up from the old, old times. You know, you got your meat and you got your vegetables. And, and it has to have color. Is not right, Sister Brenda. But she knows last week she has in her mind, okay, I had chicken on, on Monday. And then we're going to have vegetable on Tuesday. And on Wednesday, we're going to have some beef stew because the family needs some beef and they need some carrots. And, and that's how it is. And it's not always how and what I always want. But I know to keep my mouth shut and to eat what is set before me. Is that all right? Somebody shout amen. amen. Hallelujah. That's how it is with a pastor. He knows how to balance the meal for the congregation. I want to challenge you this morning on the message. What a godly pastor is. What a godly pastor is. Let's bow our heads. Our Heavenly Father, we love you so much. And we thank you for your amazing grace to this congregation and for the body of people that you have placed under my care. I ask you now that you'll just take my mind and spirit and just speak something that will encourage the body of Christ and bring us all into the unity of the faith, the perfecting of the church of God in this last age. We commit ourselves into your hand and the congregation in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and the church says, amen, amen and amen. God bless you. you. may be seated. Praise the Lord. You know, pastors are under attack today as never before. I believe one of Satan's objectives is to destroy the church, and he makes pastors a special target of attack. I know many godly pastors this morning, men of whom you know, men of great reputation, Men of some of whom you have sat under, wonderful brothers in the Lord and ministers to whom we have been pastoring for many years, 
are under severe attack from the enemy. Now, I want to I put this out there to you this morning that if Satan wants to attack a ministry or come against the headship of a church, who would Satan use someone or groups within the body or someone from the outside? You see, Satan knows how to work within the framework of the church. Fred Graham said he would send uh, someone amongst us and shoot them full of poison. And he said then that poison would begin to spread within the body of Christ. Listen, I know this morning of a great friend, a great minister of God, I will not call his name, a brother whom I love, whom has come under severe attack, great minister of God, and the problem is not on the outside, but it's on the inside. The Bible even warns us that there will be those that are amongst us that are wolves in sheep's clothing. And we have to be watchful at all times. You have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. That's why it takes a gifted man from God to bring the body together in the unison of the faith. You can say amen. And no, I did not have gunpowder for breakfast this morning. Hallelujah. I believe the Holy Ghost is anointing me to say some things this morning that is straight because I want to identify this morning on what a godly pastor is and let you be the judge of that. You see, the pastor is one of who God chooses to place over you, to feed you, guide you, pray for you, teach you the things of God. I don't expect evangelists to do that. I don't expect some outside brother to do that. They may come and support what I preach, but it's my job to teach you, to pray with you, to guide you, to instruct you, to counsel you. Amen? You see, he is your overseer here on this earth. And he will give an account to uh, God for his action to God in his church. I want you to take your Bible and look with me in Hebrews 13 and 17. Paul says here, Obey them that have the rule over you. Well, nobody's going to rule over me. Let me, let, me, let me enlighten you this morning. You have been ruled by something. You have been ruled by something. We are made as mortals to be under governments. When Adam fell, God established the covenant of governments to rule his church. You believe that? Now, I believe that God has godly leaders in various parts of the world to lead his congregation. Men that are humble men that can see the need within the body of Christ. And they're not puffed up. They're not men of arrogance and pride. But they're men anointed by the Spirit of God to watch the body of Christ. He said, obey them that have to rule over you. And what? Submit yourselves. For they will watch for your souls. As they must give account that they may do it with joy and not with griefs. 
Amen? For that is unprofitable to you. You realize a pastor has to give accountability to God for you. The messenger stands in his day and he presents the church of that generation. But then the pastor stands there and presents his congregation. You believe it? If you know the word, you know that is right. He has to give an account for your souls. You see, by the help of the Lord, I will define and describe my job title and functionalities by my greatest witness this morning. And we all can say it this morning, the message of the hour. How many believe the message of the hour? I believe it is a great witness in this day. Because it is a time-tested memorial of God. Listen, friends, what I have to say this morning is nothing that I have fabricated. It's nothing, nothing that I have written myself. As a shepherd of the church, we must establish our grounds and how the church is to fully operate. Now, we know these things are elementary, but every so often we have to go back and remind you of these things. And today I will define what a godly pastor is. And this morning you will help me preach this message by following along. Is that all right? He is supposed to be a righteous man. Is that right? He is supposed to be a righteous man. If you are to choose a pastor, you want to know he's a righteous man. Because the Bible says, Brother Rodney, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. He's not perfect, but he's a righteous man. He carries a certain air about him of righteousness. You never see him joking around and fooling around or telling off-color jokes. Hey, man, you believe it? You'll never catch him talking about things that are done in a bedroom. Church, let me say this. The Bible says, that which is done in the dark, let us stay in the dark. That which is done in the secret should stay in the bedroom, church. You hear preachers talking about dirty stuff and call themselves righteous men of God. Friends, I'll say this. A pastor's must, pastor must be a righteous man. You believe that? How are you going to have confidence in that man if he's not leading the way of righteousness? What if I go around talking dirty jokes and telling you dirty jokes about women and, and all these carnal things and, and you're supposed to have confidence in me? It don't work that way. That's not how it works. A pastor is to be a righteous man. I hear ministers and men making uh, off-color jokes about women and things that's going on around them, and we're supposed to have the Holy Ghost. I don't say anybody's supposed to do that, but nevertheless, a preacher. Praise God. You can say amen to the word anyhow. He's supposed to be a righteous man. Let's take our witness. I am the resurrection and the life, not in the 52 August the 1st. This is the house of God. The house of God where God comes down and passes his judgment. Your pastor is supposed to be a watch? Righteous man. The congregation's supposed to be with him 100%. 
You're supposed to be just 100% together. And in here, if you're not, then Satan's got a way to get in. You've got a loophole somewhere. You have something uh, cleared out. You have uh, everything cleared out, rather. What is he supposed to be? A righteous man. He's not a pope. He's not a priest. He's not a Catholic priest. He's not infallible, but he lives a righteous life. There's something about him that God has to be able to channel his message through. He's a messenger on earth. He's a clear connection between earth and heaven. It's a vessel that God can pour his inspiration in. Then he comes to the church with a word from God. So he's supposed to be a what? Everybody says it. A righteous man. If you are choosing a pastor, you need to choose a righteous man as a pastor. Amen. Just something about him. Hallelujah. He's not untouchable. He's not infallible. It's not that he doesn't make mistakes. But there's got to be that certain air about it. You see, when God chooses these men, they're not fly-by-night. Nine times out of ten, God chooses them from birth. There's that calling and gift of God in their lives there that God stamps that gift in their life. They had nothing to do with it. They didn't get up and say, you who, here I am. I want to be the pastor today. Everybody look at me. I, I'm the leader. I'm the leader. No, God's not looking for people. Amen. Just to, just uh, put those things out there. But he's looking for people that can follow him this morning. He's a watchman over his flock. Amen. He's a watchman over his flock. A pastor is a watchman over his flock. He's always watching. He may be in the audience of people, but he's always watching. God give them that special instinct like a mother has, uh, that special knack for that child. Friends, I'll tell you this, and I'll say to the glory of God, there's certain things built within a God-called man that he's very sensitive to his surroundings. Amazing things that I'm standing and I know when I'm in the presence of people. And I can tell what is behind me and the side of me and what is going on. And the world calls it provincial view in the background. It's an array view. You have a view of what's going on. But that's not it. It's a sensitivity that comes from God. And why God gives that man that way is for the congregation. You believe it? Questions and answer. The law having a shadow, 1954, in March the 16. Now, in order to be a correct pastor or minister, you've got to watch your congregation. Amen? It's my job to watch the congregation. It's my job to know where you're at, what you're dabbling in, and what you're doing. He says, none of your business when I leave the church. Whose business is it? Come on, church. I ought to be able to call you up on the phone and say, Brother, I heard such and such. In your defense, is this true or not? You say, Well, that's none of my, anybody's business. This is my business. When you're in the body of Christ, it's everybody's business. Now understand you've got a personal life. And understand you've got a family and the sovereignty of your family. I will not take away from your sovereignty as the head of your family. 
but our actions and behavior ought to be collectively as a body. Is that right? Praise the Lord. He said, in order to be a correct pastor or a minister, you've got to watch your congregation. If you see the enemy coming in, then slip right over in there and say, here, just a minute. See now, that's the wrong thing, see? Then you're watching, the Bible said, take heed to the flock, to uh, feed the flock which the Holy Ghost has made you overseer. Now, if you fail to do that, God is going to make you answer for it. See, that's right. A pastor is to be watchful. If you see me watching, or if you see certain actions about me as a shepherd, God has built that within my spirit. Is that correct? Hallelujah. You may not see things that I see. I may walk over to a certain brother or to a sister or something, and my wife knows she's been trained. She has the key to know if I'm alone with a sister to immediately approach us both. Amen? Because I always try to put a guard between myself and the opposite sex. Not that there is anything carnal, but I know how the enemy is. That man has to watch the way he carry himself. Is that right? He has to be careful the way he carry himself. You all know I've done it from time to time without you even knowing. Suddenly, I'll speak to you about something. It's like, how in the world did pastor know that? You see, you're sensitive to the movement of the people. You're watchful to the congregation. And how about those that don't need pastors? No wonder their lives is in the massive sin. They can't stay under the headship of a pastor. You know why? Because the enemy has got their minds blinded to the leadership of God. You believe that? He said, God's going to make you answer for it. So he's a watchman over his flock. So pardon me and excuse me if there's times that you see I'm a little bit more excessively watchful than the ordinary person. Because you see, I'm suspicious. Amen. Pastors are suspicious people. It's not you they don't trust. It's the enemy. Is that correct? So pastors are suspicious people. People, you believe that? Very suspicious. Very suspicious. Beyond just the average person. They're suspicious because they don't trust the action. When they see certain action, it reflects back on certain matters that they have dealt with previously. And it may not be, it may not be a guilt, but yet they're watchful over that situation. So pastors are suspicious people. God had explained 1961 in, in March the 25th. And I think the pastors sometimes are suspicious of things that they hear. And I think they have a right to be because I understand the translation of the word pastor means a shepherd. And if a pastor seems to be a little bit suspicious, that should not bother anybody. Praise the Lord. Well, why is pastor so suspicious about this? I didn't think there was anything wrong about it. That's right. But that's my job to be suspicious. Praise the Lord. Are you with me now? Now you understand me. I want to show you the backside of me just for a moment. Why I'm the way that I am. Amen. 
You see, God just makes you a certain way and wires you a certain way for the congregation. And just think, if I wasn't that way and just let anything just happen in the church, what kind of church would we have this morning? Come on now. What kind of church if I just let anything come in the air and do whatever they want to and say what they want to, what type of church would we have? Amen. So he's a suspicious person. He is to stay with the word and to feed his flock. Amen. He's to stay with the word and to feed his flock. In 1957, January the 15, God keep his word. Brother Bram said, I told you last night that it is God's Yermathunum. If any kind of a fantastic rise, whatever they are in the little church, whatever it is, pastor, stay with the word. Amen. Don't feed those sheep anything that will kill them. Stay with the word. He's to stay with the word and feed his congregation. You believe that? This is why a couple Wednesday nights back, I had you to take your Bibles out and we had a sword drill. Because this is the word of God. You believe that? You believe this is the absolute? You believe this is the absolute? This is the infallible word of God. If Brother Brennan preached anything, it has to be out of this Bible. You believe that? He brought the revelation on this Bible to the church of God. But we are to feed you off of the word in this day. You believe that? Amen. Why little Bethlehem? Let me drive my point down now. In, uh, in January, December the 14th, he said, oh, pastors, that's your job. They eat uh, sheep food, not almanacs meaning programs and all these things, sheep food, God's word, we feed upon his word, not anything else, sheep food alone, that word, nothing else. What Brother Brandon brought us was the word of God. If he said anything else contrary to this Bible, then it's not the word of God. You believe it? But he stayed with the word, so we stay with the teaching. You believe it? Hallelujah. Oh, I love it. I love it. God give us one of the greatest gifts he can give the church, and that was his word. He gave us his word. We would not know, know who we are this morning unless we had the word. Amen. Check it by this morning. You believe it? His job is very significant. He is higher and have revelation above his congregation. Now, some may dare to differ with me over that because they feel that they have a higher position or a higher revelation over me. Well, I just so happen to be the pastor of the church. Amen. And when God chooses that, he placed that in place by ordination and divine inspiration. God does that. Watch this, Bergamo's church age. The hidden manna, a little something special. What is the special? Not something, the blessing of the Holy Ghost. Oh no, that's for the whole congregation. But the hidden manna was a special revelation because he had to teach the others. You believe that, see? With a little more knowledge of the scripture that he could teach others, 
He's supposed to be. Is that right? You'll never live no higher than your pastor. You just remember that, see? And so, because he's the shepherd of the sheep, uh, uh, he's a shepherd and feeds you. If he's a shepherd, he's got to know where the matter is to feed the sheep. Is that right? Praise the Lord. He's not everywhere and everything. He's not bringing the headlines of CNN or Fox News, this congregation. But he's bringing the good news of what Jesus Christ has for his church. And that's why I said, do you believe it? Glory to God. Hallelujah. A real servant of God will drive the word home to his congregation. Feed the flock of God. Hallelujah. You're not here to hear a highlight, sir. Uh, what what uh, CNN is doing or what uh, Fox News or ABC and NBC and QRCB and all the different names. We're here to know what the Bible tells us and the forecast of the message of the hour. And if you think that I'm a little bit too bored and I'm not mixing enough of that, then you need to find somebody else that you can dabble with in the things of this world. Because I'm here to feed you the word of God. You believe that? Amen. How the angel came to me, 1953, uh, November the 7th. I, I'm putting myself on, on the line here. You can say amen to the word. You're not in trouble this morning. I'm in trouble if I'm, if I'm coming up short. Come on, church. But I have confidence to know where I stand and in whom I believe in this morning. How the angel came to me, sir, the church will never live higher than its pastors. The pastor preaches. Friends, I'm preaching things sometimes that's way about the congregation. And you say, well, Brother Joseph, why are you going so high? Because if I keep you here, this is where you'll stay. So I have to elevate and go up like John. Amen. God told John, come up higher. I'm going to show you things that will be hereafter. Sometimes you've got to leave the earth and go into the heavenly atmosphere with the congregation to bring them up into that place. You believe that? Hallelujah. It's not always what we want to hear, but God sometimes has to take the congregation up a little higher. The church will never live higher than its pastors preaches. You go to some church and that's all they preach is, is tongues and shouting and dancing and emotion and running. And, and if you don't do those things, then you're not going in a rapture. You don't have the Holy Ghost. And, and that's all where the church lives. But when the forecast of the celestial realm is not being preached. The people are earthbound. Are you with me now? That's why the pastors know how to change dimensions from the earth to the heavenlies, to your house, to your car, back to the church, back to the word, back where you live. Are you with me now? How many times am I dabbling where you live? Not even knowing and I haven't even spoken to you. The Holy Spirit knows all things. Isn't that wonderful, church? I don't believe in tattletelling. I don't use Facebook to know what goes on in my congregation. I'm not a social media anointed preacher. I'm divinely anointed by the Holy Ghost. I don't have to dabble into social media to find out if you're living right or not. If you got the Holy Ghost, you live right. And if there's something I'm supposed to preach, God will anoint me to preach it. Praise the Lord. So you can quit sending me all your Facebook posts about my people. Amen. Hello, church. Hello, somebody. 
Quit sending me all the posts. I don't need that. The Holy Ghost keeps me posted. And if I don't preach on it, God don't want me to preach on it. Hello, church. You believe it? Hallelujah. Why it had to be Shepherd, 1964, December the 21st. Not some man-made herdsman. Come on now. We got too many man-made herdsmen. Amen. Somebody vote him in so they can vote him out. And I got news for you. You didn't vote me in, and you're not going to vote me out. When God is through with me, then let him take me on. Praise the Lord. Amen. He said, not some man-made herdsman, but a God-given herdsman who feed the sheep upon what? Sheep food. Everybody says sheep food. Holy Ghost food. You believe it. So he used to be fearless with the truth. You know, we scurry around things in the church, and there's always a white elephant in the church or in our fellowship. But with a pastor, there's no such thing as a white elephant. He just clears it out of the way because he has a duty from God to make sure that our congregation is safe and they're fed. Is that right? Jehovah Jireh, 1957, in uh, March the 9th, watch this. What we feed, what we feed is God-fearing, or what we need is God-fearing preachers who tells the truth. That's right now. That's what makes the separation. If I was choosing a pastor, uh, I was on the board and had to select a pastor. He was one of these wishy-washy, kind of sissified guys. Like that, watch this, I sure wouldn't vote him into my church. If anything, I vote him out. Get a man that did believe God's word and took God's word and preached it and stood on it. I want a son of Abraham up here, a son of God. Is that right, friends? Amen. I want a son of Abraham. Amen. Shepherd my soul and my family. He used to be fearless with the truth. You understand that when I talk, I can't talk in parables. I'm not trained to understand parables. I can't speak with sign language or proverbs. I have to speak plain language. I'm not like you that will go to another member and say, certain brother or certain sister. Or somebody. You see, I don't speak that language. So when you come to me about a matter, don't speak a different language to me. Speak English. I'm not a parishioner. I'm a shepherd. If you got something to tell me, just don't say somebody. You, you, you realize that somebody is somebody I'm pastoring? It's the sheep that I know. Well, I don't want to tell, but somebody or, or someone, you see, a pastor is not like that. He's very straight to the target. There's no parables or ifs or buts. Well, I don't want to call names. No, you don't have to call names. That's why you don't need to come to me about it. Amen, because God lets me know what I need to know. Is that all right? Can I get a big old amen out of that? 
You know, I've people through the years as a shepherd, you know, Brother Joseph, certain one in the church, like they know something I don't know. Listen, there's half the time the things they're telling me has already been revealed many, many weeks and nights before. And I just stand there and say, you idiots. Well, you think you're fooling. I know. Amen. You're not telling me anything I don't know. God already anoints that man way ahead of time. The sweet things that are coming in the future. You believe that? I hope I can kill that spirit this morning. Amen. Uh, choosing of a bride in 1960, March the 29th. You take a pastor, just cut down anything, you see the church will do the same thing. Listen, the elect cannot be deceived. Things that you know will never catch you by surprise. Because if the pastor is sensitive to the Holy Spirit, so is his congregation. There's things that you know the same way I know them. Because we're under the inspiration and hospice of the Holy Spirit. You believe that? You take a pastor, just gulp down anything. Usually the church will do the same thing. So if I was choosing a church, I'd choose a genuine, fundamental, full gospel, Bible church. I was choosing one to put my family in. Isn't that what you would choose? A good fundamental gospel, full gospel church that preaches the truth and stays with the Bible. Is that right? Now, you must pray over the church that you're fellowshipping in because churches carry a spirit. You believe that? Churches carry a spirit. You may not believe this. But some churches can be the most spookiest places to be in when there's nobody in it. Y'all looking at me funny. That's not a joke. There's some churches I wouldn't be caught dead in without anybody in it. There's so many spirits in it. You can feel evil spirits in that place. But brother, when the Holy Spirit is in the church, hallelujah. Amen. These signs shall follow them that believe. I'm not calling on the internet. You know, I can't name names. Hey, when you walk in certain denominational groups, you can feel the spooks around you. Come on. You know that's the truth? Hey, man, you can feel the spirits in that place. You wouldn't be caught alone in there. Hey, man, you feel spook all around you looking around for a door. Hey, man, because you know why? Spirits, churches carry spirits. You believe that? In a message, Faith, August the 15th, 1956, you know, when you go to choose your pastor, usually the people choosing their pastor, they want to choose some good mixer. Or we want a fellow that's sociable, that can do this and do that. God don't call for that kind of man. God calls for separators. A lot of times people choosing their pastor, little sissified boys, that's a shame to say what truth is. And a lot of pastors are afraid to tell the people where they're standing on account of their meal ticket. Hello, church. Hallelujah. God give us fearless man. Hallelujah. God give us fearless man that you love me when I'm preaching love and you love me when I'm preaching discipline. And you love me when I have to tell you the truth. Because at the end of the day, that's my job. You believe it? Deceive church by the word, 1959. Uh, I believe it's uh, 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 May uh, the 28th. He says, we want a bunch of men of God. 
who don't compromise on the word but preach the truth and stand on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that what you want, friends? Somebody will preach the Holy Ghost in the church. This is why there's such a variety of anointings and preaching in the church because God knows what to feed the congregation. He is to be God sent over his community. He's, he's not the ordinary guy. He used to be God sent over his community. Listen, if I had a choice, I would be in a lot other things besides being a pastor. Hallelujah. I didn't get up suddenly one day and say, hey, make me a pastor. I want to be a pastor. Amen. That gift is within you from birth. Amen. That leadership position is in you and it's anointed by the Holy Ghost. Amen. When I was in kindergarten, I was leading the line. Amen. Mama said when I was born, they stamped me in the forehead, preacher, to Laosia. She said when you can barely talk, you had your daddy's jacket on and his tie, and you were preaching people under conviction. At the age of 12, you preached Powerful message and that baptism. I don't I don't mean just baptizing your pets and your dogs and your uncle and your cousins. I'm talking about sinners on the streets. Because that gift is there. That gift is there. And I believe God is able to guard that gift in a man's life to where that he has an impeccable record for the body of Christ. I'm not saying God can't take a man that, that came out of the world and wash him up and give him the Bible to preach the gospel. But I'm talking about pioneers. I'm speaking about leaders. Leaders that will lead the church in the last age. You believe that? He's to be God sent over his community. Watch this now. What doeth thou here in 1959, uh, March the 1st? Oh, there's a lot of times they don't want to claim it. Let God send man to a community uh, as a pastor of the entire community. Whether he's Baptist, Presbyterian, or who he is, God anoints his man, and he will not compromise. And the people sometimes hate him because that he stands for what? Truth. But he's God's pastor for the hour. You believe that? He's God's pastor for the hour. Listen, friends, I get up every morning. Every one of your faces I've seen. You hear me say it all the time. I don't hold that over you as a, as a chain to the pew. But my responsibility for this church is not something that I take lightly. Every need and every person faces before me. And I look and I see that person. I say, God, I pray that you help that one. And help this one. And help the other ones. And you know how I know that it's God? A minute later or a day later or a week later, you'll send me a text and say, pray for such and such. And I sometimes want to just send a message back and say, I got you covered. Hey, man, I got your back. I got you covered. You know why? Because God never missed. God's gifts are always perfect. You believe it? So he's God's pastor for the church. You believe that? And he used to be God sent over his community. Praise the Lord.
Hallelujah. You see, Elijah was the pastor over the entire community in his day, whether Jezebel wanted to call him pastor or not. Amen. He was still our pastor. All the others around may have tried to disqualify him, but God made him the pastor of that day. You believe it? You see, he is a gift from God. He's a gift from God. Watch this. What it takes to overcome all unbelief in 1960, uh, July, 1929, uh, uh, July uh, the 29th. Watch this. Each of you people who has a godly pastor has a gift from God in your church. You believe that? It's not me. It's the gift of God. Friends, let me say this. Pastors are under tremendous pressure today. I know many, many pastors in this message who are throwing in the towels. I know at least 10 churches right now who needs pastors because pastors have suddenly decided I can't take any more of it. I wasn't made for this. I wasn't called to this. I wasn't, I wasn't gifted to this. You've got to be able to walk circumspectly between the right and the wrong and have broad shoulders. Hallelujah. And have broad shoulders. Hallelujah. To serve God. And those that's leading with him have got to learn his way to be tough and strong. You believe that? Hallelujah. God help us so who as a godly pastor, the prophet said, as a gift from God in your church. Now a godly pastor job functionality. He is to pray for the sick, cast out devils in both body and soul. You believe that? His job is to take power over unclean spirits in both your bodies and in your souls. You believe it? Watch this in a massive countdown in uh, February the 9th. Brett Brown said, listen, if you're sick, your godly pastor is holy sanctified hands upon you. You know you call him to pray for you. You believe that? If you're sick, you to call for your pastor. People accuse me all the time while I was sick and nobody called me. Well, how in the world am I supposed to know you're sick unless the Lord shows me? The Bible said, call for the elder of the church. Have him lay hands upon you. And the unclean spirits will depart in Jesus' name. In both soul and in spirit. You believe that? Amen. Listen, if you're sick, your godly pastor is holy, sanctified hands upon you. You know you call him to pray for you. Praise the Lord. Believe us. Believe me that I can uh, able to do this in uh, 1950, August the 20th. He said, you, if you got a tormentor in your soul, see who? Amen. Amen. If you got a tormentor in your soul, you're to see the pastor. You got a tormentor in your body? That's what I'm here for. You don't have to go around sitting with an old spirit of depression upon your life. If you got a tormentor in your soul, call the pastor on it. You got a sickness in your body, call the pastor on it. You believe that? You got confidence that lay your Holy Ghost filled hands upon me and run this devil out of my life. You know, I talk about my mama because I esteem her so highly and I love her so much. 
Amen. She calls me up on the phone and she said, I already called my pastor. She makes her way clear. She said, but the Bible says, if there's any sick among you, call for the elder of the church. She said, pray, son, like you never prayed before. Amen. The first thing she does is when I walk in the house and I drop my suitcase at the door, she comes with her head like this. Lay your hands on me. Lay your hands on me in the name of Jesus. This is how she greets me. Amen. Lay your hands on me. Amen, man of God. Some people need that revelation. Amen. My mom greeted me with her forehead when Holy Ghost hands lay upon her and drive out sicknesses. You believe it? Brother, let me tell you, God has left power in this church. We are not powerless in the church of God. God has given us power to run devils out of our families. You believe it? Hallelujah. Love what Brother Branham is so realistic, you know, he's so transparent. He said, you've got a tormentor in your soul, see your pastor. He didn't see, see a psychiatrist or go to, uh, you know, the palm reader. Amen. He didn't say go to the witch doctor, the soothsayer, or some, some out of power, dark power like that. If you got a tormentor, see your pastor and be transparent on him. Pastor, pray this old lust devil off my life. Come on now. Amen. Pray this evil spirit off my mind in the name of Jesus. You know, he's anointed to do that. Amen. Just the fact that you would do that and that acts in Jesus' name will run every devil clear. You believe it? Amen. So you got a tormentor in your soul. See your pastor. You got a tormentor in your body. That's what I'm here for. You realize that? You see the power that God has vested in this church? That's why he's here. If you got a torment in your soul and you still got one, it's not the pastor's fault. It's your fault. You got ailments in your body, the devil tormenting you, and the devil hasn't left. It's not the pastor's fault. It's your fault. You got to see the way and apply what God has said. So he used to cry out against worldliness and disorder in the body. You believe that? Former in Latter Rain 1960, uh, March the 3rd, he said, God sets up his tower. He puts somebody up there. Your pastor will scream out against it. Don't get offended because I'm bawling out certain things. And you say, well, oh, he's picking on this. Are he, why is it that somebody told him? You are right about that. Somebody does. The Holy Spirit does. Why can't you give credit to the Holy Spirit that God does? Why is it always somebody? Why don't you name the Holy Ghost? Don't you think your pastor is anointed of God to have discernments? To see things in the congregation? And if he preaches uncertain things, just say, God, help me, Lord. Make me a better person. Help me, Lord. The pastor don't hate me. That's not why he's preaching on me. He's preaching on that spirit. Women cutting their hair have to preach against it. Come on. Well, somebody told him, well, you're guilty when you say that. Well, I've been sneaking around wearing some makeup and, and pulling on some blue jeans. Somebody had to tell him, why don't you say, you got me, Lord. You got me, Lord. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Lord. I was raised in the way of holiness. I was raised in the way of God. I was called in this way. You're chosen, and you cannot run away from it. 
You are chosen. You are called. That's why you can't get away from it. Hello, somebody. Preach with me. That's your calling in life. Hallelujah. Don't try to follow everybody, Tom, Dick, and Harry. Everybody running from the matches and doing this and doing that. And God had other absolutes. It's funny, Jesus is not their absolutes. Amen. The world is their absolutes. That little burning desire in their heart for worldliness has always been there. Brother, you've got to kill that spirit by the Holy Ghost. When you see those Amalekites are rising up, destroy the infancy of it. You believe it? Don't take any chances. Amen. You know the truth. Don't get me on the line of holiness now. You know I can preach down there. Amen. But you know exactly where I'm coming from. A congregation has to be sprayed by a pastor every so often. There may not be one person in that church or one woman in that church or man that's doing anything that he's preaching about, but God anoints him to preach about it to spray that congregation. You believe that? Why does he do it? Because God anoints him to say it. Because God knows he's always 10 steps ahead of us that you're going to be tempted with certain things. And that voice of that ministry will come piercing into your soul and say, you heard what the man of God said? You heard what the Holy Spirit says? You believe in the watchman church? Aren't you thankful for that? So he used to cry out against worldliness and disorder in the body. Don't justify it. If God preaches on you, just have the right attitude to say, yes, Lord, that's me. Yes, Lord, you're telling me something. Yes, Lord, that's me, Father. Help me, Lord. Make me a better person. Foreman let a rain in, in, uh, in, uh, in 19, and, uh, I believe, 1960. I believe I just read that. He says, uh, God sets up the salary, put somebody up there. Your pastor will stream out against it. Uh, have I not sent thee in 1962, March the 24th? He's our, our January, rather. He said, sometimes I preach pretty rough because I see somebody getting out of line. You see, you're supposed to do that. Amen? You're supposed to do that. Praise the Lord. Whether you're guilty or not, you should want me to preach like that. Because you know somebody that is struggling in that area. And you know that probably I don't know, but God knows. You should be saying amen to the word of God. You believe that? He said, sometimes I preach pretty rough because I see somebody getting out of line. You see, you're supposed to do that. A real daddy will. Why? He'll shake you and say, here, you get back here in line. If he's a real true father, so sometimes your pastor has to weigh down on something. Just love him that much more. Because he's a real father to you. You see, trying to keep you lined up because he's watching over your soul with the Holy Ghost and made him overseer of the church. And you must always watch that. Don't get immune to this. There's a spirit going around in the message now where people are just chopping off their hair. Women are chopping off their hair. Men's just dressing like sissies. And, and people are just sitting back saying, that's all right. All you got to do is love Jesus. It's really ironic to me. How can you love Jesus and hate his word? You either don't have a revelation. You really need God to give you a revelation of his word. I love Jesus, but I can do anything I want you. You got to love his word. How do you love Jesus? You love his words. How can you love a God that you haven't seen and hate his words? 
You've got to love his word, church. I'm not against people. I'm not against habits. I'm not against what they do. I'm against the spirits that's creeping in into the churches. You believe it? Don't get immune to it. When I know sister so-and-so, I know brother so-and-so, you need to be praying for them. Hallelujah. And most of all, you need to make, be making a stand and say, God, give me the grace to say something about this. If you love that person, you'll say something to them about it. You believe it? He said, sister, have you fallen from grace? Brother, have you fallen from grace? Can I help you? That's how you show love. Because love is corrective. Speak the truth in love. You believe that? When I love that person, I'm not going to say anything. You hate that person. If you love them, you'll tell them the truth. Am I telling you the truth? You can judge me all you want to. I'm telling you the truth. You see Junior going out there running in the road. Cars going 100 miles an hour. You don't say, Junior, come back. You run, you grab Junior, you shake him. Say, Junior, let me tell you something. I love you enough to tell you you're going to get killed. So it is in a family, in the body of Christ. And people, you have to tell them the truth. That's the tough part about being a Christian, is speaking the truth. Not when everybody's loving you. Not when everybody's giving you roses. Not when everybody's praising you. But when you have to stand for what is right. That's the tough part about being a Christian. That's the time-tested memorial if you're a Christian or not. When you got to look your peers in the eyes and say, John, I love you, but I don't love this. And Mary, I love you, but what you're doing is wrong, and you know it. That's real love. That's real love. And the Bible said, love is corrective. Remember, the toughest part about being a Christian is standing for what is right. You believe it? You can say amen to the word. You know I'm telling you the truth this morning. Just love him that much more because he's a real father to you, see, trying to keep you in line because he's watching over your soul, which the Holy Ghost has made him overseer of the church, and you must always watch that. Amen. A marriage of a lamb, 1962. And a pastor, and, and, and a pastor, will let his church get by with such things. He was talking about all the things I just mentioned without blasting a tar out of it from the pulpit. My goodness. Oh, you think I'm tough. According to my book, tar is a bad word. Don't, don't act pious and holy to me. You know what it means. Amen. You know what it means. How many knows what tar means in this world? It rhymes with bull. You know what I'm talking about now. It's the truth. Amen. Sometimes you have to blast the tower out of folks. All the foolishness and nonsense. Don't get me laughing now. Amen. You know what I'm telling you the truth. Get all the bulls out of the church. Amen. And clean out the church of God. You understand what I'm saying this morning. You make me have to preach plain. Amen. So I'm going to tell you the truth. Get it out of the church. Let's live right. He said, without blasting the tower out of it from the pulpit, he's a sissy if he don't. Amen. He's a sissy. What we need is men, the gospel, not with rubber gloves, but with the power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost with the word of God. Yes. Amen. Tell the truth. Hallelujah. Amen. Tell the truth. Y'all told me how much you appreciated me last night. I hope that's still standing. Yes. Amen. Because, brother, we got to tell the truth. 
position in the body of Christ, 1955, pray God send you some sensible, sound gospel preacher that stand in the way and give you a little uh, spanking when you need it and love you when you need it and keep you lined up with the scripture with the spirit is a shepherd watching over your soul if you got that pastor flee to God and pray for him all the time and listen to him a good sensible sound gospel preacher that will tell you the truth you believe it friends hallelujah somebody that will tell you the truth he is to be a humble man Yes, he is. He's to be a humble man. He can walk amongst everyone and still love them. He knows how to condescend to men of high estate and low estates. He knows how to take off his priestly robe and become just a common man. For his example is Jesus. Church order, the pastor must be a man that's got a very humble way about him. But not too humble, but what he could be like, Lord Jesus Christ, when he's seen wrong going on in the church, he platted ropes and ran them out of the church. Now the church of God is the highest of judgment, and the pastor is the highest order in the church. You believe that? He used to be a humble man, but not so humble that the devil will make a puppet out of him. Look, I know you. I know you love me. But I know, I know you don't always agree with me. I know I make you mad. Not because I want to make you mad. But I want to tell you the truth. I don't presumptuously get up every morning and say, Okay, let me see Tom, Dick, and Harry in the church. Today I'm going to say some things to make them mad. No, brother. Amen. It's because I love the church and jealous over the church of God. You believe it? So he is your teacher, spiritual husband, Counselor and source of blessings. Believe you me, if you got a pastor that is a godly pastor, he holds the wealth of your blessing in his hand. He has the key to unlock the storehouse of heaven in your life. Believe that. If there's a real God called pastor, Every hymn, 1960, Brother Bram said, But listen to your pastor, a good God sent man and a teacher thou send, and tell you exactly what to do because himself is anointed with the Holy Ghost. Watch him, he will stay smack with the Word of God. So he's your teacher. Amen. Listen to your pastor, a good God sent man, a teacher that's sent to you. He's to teach you things. And he's not just to teach you by words, but by an example before the congregation. Wherever you go, use words. Uh, preach Christ. If necessary, use words. Wherever you go, preach Christ. If necessary, use words. He's to live by an example. Hallelujah. It's not so much what he thunders behind the pulpit, but what he is saying in his life. How can I overcome that? He's 63. Your pastor is your husband, spiritually speaking. You see? He's your teacher and your spiritual husband, your counselor, and a source of blessings. A brother told me one time, wrote me a letter and said, Oh, you think that you can open and close the heavens over my head? Well, then do it. I shut it up for two months. He begged me two months after to open it back up. 
Hello? Because there's power vested in that ministry. Amen. He has power that God hears his prayer. Amen. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. He has the power to close heaven and open heaven. You believe that? Hallelujah. You see, your pastor, your husband, spiritually speaking, you see, you believe that? Revelation chapter 3, you just listened to it this morning, uh, 1961. If you ever feel to do something, a revelation or something comes up to you strangely, something warningly or something, be careful. Satan is as sly and slick as he can be. Put it with the word and watch, consult your pastor. He's your counselor. He's to counsel you about everything. He's to counsel you about life's matter. He's to counsel you about your family, about your business, about church, about your well-being. Come on. Don't send me an after-the-back text or email that pray about this, Pastor, and then you already have done everything. You made me a fool. Come on, church. You already made up your mind. You haven't taken godly counseling. You have not sat down with a gifted pastor. Amen. Then you're sending me a message. Pray, I'm going to be doing this. But you already made up your mind. It's like the man praying about going to Africa. Amen. Because he was going to be a full-time missionary. So he told his wife, pack my suitcase. I'm going to go and pray and find the mind of the God, God to go to, uh, on the mission field. We already had a suitcase packed. Come on, church. Don't act in the fact my prayers, friends. If you want me involved in your life, then I respect to come and talk to me, amen, about matters. You don't respect me, not aspect, then the feeling is mutual. Is that right? But as your pastor, if there's something you want to get me involved in, don't make me act in the fact matters. I'm a man of dignity and integrity. You believe that? Amen. Watch. The, the prophet made it clear now. He says, Put it with the word and consult your pastor. This is why I don't condone meetings in houses. This is why I don't like when people gather in houses and sing they're having prayer meeting in heaven, spiritual meetings. The prophet said the pastor should be in every prayer meetings. You know why? Because spirits raise up, amen, in those meetings. This is how all kinds of spirits get in the church. That's where people being spiritual saying they're having private meetings. Am I telling you the truth this morning? And you may be here today and saying, well, Brother Joseph, none of what you got to say today pertains to me. Will it just be a gentleman or a lady to sit there and say, somebody's needing this, Lord. I'm perfect, but everybody else needs it. <laughs> be not afraid, 1962. Love. You love to see your pastor walk up to the, uh, to the steps and you love him because you know he's going to pray and honor your home. His presence means so much to you. You want to get the children in, gather around, so the pastor's blessings can be upon the children. He has power to open the heaven over your family. You believe that? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Some of you are lacking and wanting and starving and, and putting up with Satan's blows because you haven't activated the word of God. Amen. You say, oh, well, who do you think you are? I don't think that I'm anything, but God thinks that I am. That's why he anoints me for certain things. 
And you know certain of you would not even make a certain decision without you consulting the pastor. And I tell you what, two thumbs up for you. Look how God has blessed your lives. Look how God has blessed your lives. So you're trying to be a dictator. No, I don't care to know everybody's business. But if you have enough confidence, include me in your welfare, God will honor that decision. You believe that? God honors that. How many times, some of you, you could have made horrible mistakes. And I'll tell you, you know, wait on that. Or let me pray about this. Or, or wait on this. Not because that I think that I'm better than you. But because God has placed me here as the overseer over the church. Sister Shirley, how many times have you sent me a text? Amen. And you took a picture of some letter came to your house and said, Pastor, what should I do? Tomorrow, if I send them $50, they say I'll be a millionaire. And I text you back and say, you better burn that letter. Come on, church. You better burn that letter. Amen. Because God has a provided way. And that's just minor things that God wants us to be involved in. Look, I'm not soliciting to want to know your business. Trust me. I got a lot going on. Amen. But it's available to you. If you want directions in your life, then you got somebody that can pray with you about it. Praise the Lord. Amen. So let me go over that one more time. I'm closing. He's your teacher, spiritual husband, counselor, and source of blessings. If I was a laity, I'd jump all over that. Hallelujah. God, if he made the mistake, it's his problem. I'm having him pray for me. God, if I die, it's his problem. If the sickness don't leave my body, it's his problem. If I don't get blessed, it's his problem. But how can you accuse me when you don't? Come on now, I'm being fair with you. You told me you loved me last night. You told me you appreciated me last night. Well, you got to appreciate all of this too. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. Sauce for the goose is sauce good for the gander as well. Some of you young people don't even know what sauce and goose is. All you know is Twitter and all that kind of stuff. Little birds and everything flying around, but... We're God's people. Amen. Revelation chapter 4. I'm closing. If you ever feel something, and I want to drive that down. If you ever feel something, consult your pastor. You want him to pray over your children and bless your children. I love Sister Shirley. She always brings our children, our heritage up to pray over them, pastor. Pray over them. You don't think prayer works? Prayer is the most powerful thing God has given the church. I solve most of my problems in this church. On my knees. My wife will tell you that. The majority of problems that are solved in the church is on my knees. When I see spirits coming in, amen, I know how to pray. Amen. I know my wife and I, we got power, amen, to do things. Hallelujah. Amen. We have power to pray prayers and God moves on our behalf. We don't have to say a word to anybody about it. Amen. Like the children always say, when mama says she prays, watch out. When mama says she had a dream, watch out. Amen. There's power in that prayer. You believe that? He should have, uh, let me close with this. He should have the confidence of his people. Is that fair enough? He should have the confidence of his people. If the church has a clean, living, godly, spiritual pastor, they should follow him with confidence. 
Paul at least three times in the Bible urges the people to follow him while he follow the Lord. First Corinthians 4 and 16 says this, Wherefore I beseech you, be ye followers of me. Amen. Is it Bible? Is it Bible what I'm teaching you? That you're to follow me and not just follow some gander, but follow the leader and follow the pastor. There's only one pastor to the church. And anything with two heads is a monster. You believe that? Follow the pastor. If you feel it's a little wrong, pray for him. 1 Corinthians 11, 1, be he followed me, even as I also am of Christ. Uh, Philippians 3, 17, brethren, be ye followers together me, and mark them which walk as ye have us for an example. If a pastor is clean and living right, you should have confidence in him. If you will allow him to minister in your life. If you allow him, amen, to move by the leadership of God for your life, you will have directions. And if you will not follow the man God give you, you will not follow the Lord either. The person who refuses to follow God's ordained leadership cannot only follow the Lord. And to reject the one the Lord sends to lead you is an insult. To God. You believe that? It's an insult to God. As our musicians come, amen. Believest thou this 1950? That's the reason your pastor can't do nothing for you. You got to have faith in him and confidence in him as a man of God. But I know this you got to have confidence in the man you're dealing with, or he won't do you any good to do any dealing. Amen. That's true. you got to believe your pastor. What a pastor is. Hallelujah. you got to believe him. Hallelujah. you got to trust him. Trust his leadership. Pray for him. If he's a little wrong, pray for him. Well, I don't have any confidence for a brother. Then you need to find somebody you have confidence. Do me a favor. Find somebody you have confidence in. That you can trust. That will lead you and guide you and present you spotless before the throne of God without any faults in your lives. Listen, the resurrection of Lazarus, 19 and, and 51, Brother Bam said, but you, you've got to believe him and have confidence in him as God's man. Amen. You have to do that, amen. You have to do that, amen. The pastor, he should have the confidence of his people. I've got confidence in you, pastor. I'm praying for you. Hallelujah. Imagine if everybody in the body of Christ will do that and say, Pastor, I'm really got confidence in you. I'm praying. I'm praying and I ask God to show you what I'm supposed to do. Amen. I love Brother Gregory. He's been with me many, many, many years. Amen. Over a couple of decades. Amen. The Mo family has been here with us. Amen. This is how we bread church. This is how we start church. We pray over everything. When these brothers start a new business are going into new ideas, they came to me about it. I prayed over it. God did certain things. God moved. This is how the early church operated. They would not do anything unless they came uh, to Peter, James, and John. They sold a property. They brought the money to his feet. They paid their tithe on everything. They did not exclude anything. They give back to God. 
That's the book of Acts. Some folks think they can outsmart God. Well, I'm going to give God this and I'm going to give God this. Anything that passed through my hands, I give God 10%, 20%, 50%. Oh, well, I don't do that. I only do certain things. If God puts some money in my hands, whether it's tax money return, whether it's a property I sold, or anything I give, I give God back what belongs to Him. Don't get me started on that because I got scripture for it. And those of you that's been holding back on God, God said you need to pay 15% on top of it. Amen. You know that's Bible. You don't want to challenge me there. Amen. Hallelujah. You get to God. Don't hold back on God. My wife and I, I tell you what, the tithing that comes in this church says, give it back to God. Hallelujah. Give some more to God. And don't stick the church in an invoice. Do something for God. You bought a roll of toilet paper and you dare come and give Brother Forrest a receipt for one measly roll of toilet paper to wipe your behind. Shame on you. Give to the Lord. Lord, I'm giving to you, Lord. Give and it shall be given unto you. You believe this? Now y'all say that's rough. That's the word of God. Isn't that what they did in the book of Acts? Ananias and Sapphira thought they can smart smarter Peter and some of them, they sold some property that morning and came back even that night and didn't want to tell Amen the pastor. What did he say? The hands of them that drag your husband is going to drag you out the same way because you know you held back the money from God. I don't want your money. I don't want your money. I want your devotion to God. I want your love to God. Have you, have you ever stopped to think maybe certain things just are moving in your life because you made a vow to God and you haven't kept it? When you got in trouble, God, I promised you I'm going to do this. Suddenly all the blessings come and God went out of the door. The Bible said, see that thou keepest thy vow that thou hast vowed unto the Lord. You better go back in your, mind, your minds and make some things right. Amen. I know some of you don't like that, but it's the truth. But I wanted to be public before my wife and I, we pay tithes on everything. Yes. Hallelujah. We give back to God on everything. I don't care what it is. If somebody give me a dollar, I give back something. Well, only I don't pay on gifts. I already pay all year, so I don't pay on my tax return. And you know, I had this property all my life, and you know, I already pay tithes on it. If you make money in it, you owe God something. I'm telling you the truth. Get mad all you want to. But I'm telling you, God wants to remove some curses from your lives. Is this all right, friends? How many wants to be blessed? How many think you're blessed? You haven't seen nothing yet. If you do what I told you, let's stand to your feet. You haven't seen nothing yet until you apply what I just said. And God will bless you for it. Open the windows of heaven. And pour you out a blessing. Look, friends, I know what to do. I know how it is to do without. I know how it is to pastor church. Amen. And eat sardine and rice. Amen, Brother Greg. You know, on Sunday evening when we didn't have enough money but to pay the bill. Ask Brother Forrest. Amen. Preaching the gospel out in the streets of Athens. I know how to be faithful to God. Hallelujah. I know how to give to God when we didn't have, when we sold our house and give everything back to God and move in a little roach infected, infested trailer. Amen. To raise my family. I know all about it. Hallelujah. I'm not blessed because I'm a pastor. I'm blessed because I'm a giver. 
I'm not blessed because of my position. I'm blessed because I'm a giver. And yes, even right back then, at Spirit Forest, we were doing missionary work. Amen. Giving to somebody and helping somebody. Amen. Greg and his cousin John Carver dedicated their old business, amen, to the church. And the profit that came in, they took just a small amount, but the rest was donated to the mission work. This is how we built churches in Ghana and in Uganda and in, in, the, in, in the, all the way in the Amazon because people were willing to do it. That's right. That's right. And did God bless them? Sure he did. He blessed them and God will bless you the same way. Do you love them this morning? Do you still love the Lord? I want to bless you. I wouldn't preach like this if I didn't want to bless you. I just want to bless you. Don't feel no harm against me. I just want to bless you. I want to see you blessed. Amen. Amen. I want to see you blessed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. If you've got any doubt about how I say you can be blessed, come see me privately. You're looking for an airfoil. Amen. Because I got the word. Amen. Hallelujah. I got the word right there to back it up. You give to the Lord. Don't be measly with God. We wouldn't have this church if some people had held back. But I've got certain people in this church who have made, made a commitment to God to help me and to, to stand with me. We wouldn't people look at this church and think, oh, we have all this. There were people in this church who met a dedication and said, you know what? I'm going to make a sacrifice and I'm going to give so much of, of, my, of, my, um, of my personal money to the church so we can help pay this church off and help. Brother, we wouldn't have this if we didn't have people like you. You believe that? Hallelujah. People are devoted. They say, look, take it. Put it in the church. Amen. Pay the church off. Do this for the mission. Do that for the mission. Hallelujah. You believe that? Do you love him, church? We have a goal. We have a mission. And we thank God for each and every one of you. You appreciate God this morning. What a godly pastor is. You know, I remember many years ago, God bless those of you online, shalom to you, uh, we'll see you Wednesday evening, the Lord willing, I think Brother Ben will be ministering, he's out in Arizona right now, just tearing up devils, going and coming, hallelujah.